Good afternoon and start up. Good evening and welcome to RS Media Live Podcast. This is the first monthly podcast that we'll be bringing you every podcast monthly, maybe um, the end of the month or the last Wednesday before the end of the month. So I'm joined tonight by none other than Mike Harneman. Good afternoon. Uh, good evening, Mike. How are you doing? Yeah, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. There you go, right? Just cover it all. Cover, cover, <laughs> yeah. cover every base is possible. But yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. I'm looking forward to this bumper-packed podcast. Yeah, it'll be um, a good one. I'm looking forward to it myself as well. You know, I've not uh, not long been in from a meal as well, so I'm all shirted and all, all like, smart, and yeah, all good. Uh Good evening, Sean. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad, Rye. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Looking forward to this. And uh, welcome to RS Media Podcast, Limo. How's it going, fellas? Thanks for having me. Hope you're all well. Yep, we're all good, thanks. And I'm very thankful for having you on. My especially, pleasure. Especially after two of the main topics. Uh something that you can deal with yeah absolutely yeah not a problem thanks for having me that's good and thank you very much for taking your time out to join us no problem um the first topic that we will be covering is going to be the um cristiano ronaldo getting either a second round or a third round of covid uh, after testing positive again for COVID. Um, and there's been a few players that have had to self-isolate due to this, including players at my hometown club, Plymouth Argyle. There's been players at clubs that Mike knows that have had to do it as well. Um, so we'll jump across to Mike on that first. Yeah, so with Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, it's the second time that he's had the uh, coronavirus now. Um, and of course, you know, he posted actually on social media, I think it was earlier today, saying that he was uh, looking okay, feeling okay, etc. So that's a, a positive sign. You know, uh, of course, he's got to, um, un- you know, go with all the protocol and, and kind of do everything properly, uh, etc. But it's good to see that he's, uh, you know, doing okay. Um, and of course, it's happened. You know, we've had the same situation uh, with Arsenal as well, for what, and also even with Stevenage as well. There was three players at Stevenage that have had uh, the coronavirus too. So, just uh, really, just want to give everyone our, our best wishes and uh, just hope that you know it's not uh, severe for them and they're able to get on with the job that they love. Yeah, yeah. The three players that were involved were Connor Grant for Argyle, who tested positive just over 10 days ago. Uh, Niall Canavan and Scott Wooten tested negative for the test uh, for COVID. And due to them living all together, even though Niall Canavan and Scott Wooten travelled to Lincoln in their own cars because they weren't sure if, because they tested negative, they weren't sure if they could play 
uh, EFL got in touch with them a couple hours before the Lincoln game and said, no, we'd rather have them self-isolating and send them back home. So they did that. Um, so anyone else got any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it begs the question, doesn't it? To, you know, people are told that they can't go on holiday and um, when they do go on holiday, they've got to come back and self-isolate and we're, we're subject to fines and, and that impacts on employment, doesn't it? And, and people's personal lives. And I just think, you know, I agree, you know, football should continue in, in some aspects, but I think they need to be mindful that, you know, these international games, you know, I think they need to be kind of looking at where we're, where we're doing these things and, and having players travelling to different countries and coming back. You know, it, it really is increasing the risk, and, and, and that's in my opinion, of course. Yeah. Um, what about you, Sean? Have you got an opinion on this? Well, it seems like the the impact of coronavirus has affected everything, like in all sports, not just like football. It's infected like rugby and all that. Lot. It seems like the when the fans do come back, they will feel much more importance than they are, have now because the clubs are suffering. There are clubs are suffering without the impact of football fans being there to watch the game week in, week out, to pay their own hard cash to watch their team play week in, week out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just want to just come in on that as well, just the whole aspect of the fans there. Um, and, you know, even taking it away from football, obviously we've got the big boxing fight this weekend as well. And, you know, for, for any sport, it's going to be a completely different uh, thing to, you know, have 11 players for, for each team, 22 players step out onto the field there in front of no crowd, uh, even with a big fight as well. You know, the, the whole atmosphere above uh, and, and around boxing as well. It's a completely different thing at the moment. And, it just uh, it'd be great to have you know those fans and, and people back into the stadiums and all that again soon. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand it. I mean, lower league teams are allowing f- up to three hundred <laughs> fans, which I I think is the right thing because it's open air. But grounds, in my opinion, that have got full seating and a full stand, I don't think they should be allowed back in at the moment, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, just because it's just, you you can't fulfil everyone in the stadium, especially season ticket holders, especially like the likes of Man U, they have like 70,000 season ticket holders and you can't so, um, social distance them across a, what, 78,000 seat stadium. You've got Everton that have um, 30-odd thousand season ticket holders. You can't social distance them in, what, 38,000-seater stadium there, Lee? Yeah, yeah, just on 39,000. But, yeah, you know, like you say, it's, it's got to be safe, hasn't it? And, and again, you know, Harney's point and, you know, the atmosphere and these big events. And I think it's definitely already having an impact on on the Premiership. Um you know some of the the, the crazy results, uh, some of the decisions as well from from the referees. I think having the crowd there, I think there definitely will be different outcomes to to a lot of the games that have already played and some of the goals that are being scored at the minute as well. I think obviously that 
is impacting massively on on the Premier League at the moment. I mean, look at the the top two at the minute. It's well top three. Take away Liverpool, you've got Everton and Aston Villa up there at the moment, and I don't think anyone would have expected that so early on in, within the start of the season. No, and even you know, if you look in the top five or six, you know the likes of Leeds United as well. The way they've been flying, even the likes of uh, West Ham, Southampton, those sort of teams as well. Yeah, definitely. Especially when they're normally teams that are in the bottom <laughs> half of the the um, table, but they're doing well for themselves. So we'll we'll move swiftly on to the next topic that we're going to talk about, and Lee's going to have a very say on this because it's the Merseyside derby where there was it finished 2-2 uh, Liverpool had a goal disallowed for offside uh, Jordan Pickford injured Virgil van Dijk um, it's now put more risk on them because they've now lost Fabinho after an injury in the Champions League so What's your view on all of that, Lee? Um, I mean, first of all, as I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, a bit of blue, and I think um, given the the start of the season we had, you know, people were talking, and uh, you know, the, the chat amongst the fans mainly was this was going to be one of the biggest tests for us, and obviously playing Liverpool off the back of a seven-two defeat to, to Aston Villa, um, it was probably for us the best time to play them, and probably our best chance of beating them. Um, but I think overall the match I think Liverpool they did dominate it we had spells uh, we didn't have many chances with Charlton you know missed the header from um, a fantastic ball in from um, from Rodriguez um, but you know Liverpool took an early lead a great finish from up close from, from Mane um, you know a fantastic ball over the top from Thiago um, which you know fantastic player uh, you know, when you look at his movement, uh, his football and brain, you know, he really controlled that midfield. And I think he went under the radar in that match, to be honest. I think he was fantastic. Um, but I think Everton lost their heads a little bit. Um, you know, we weren't that solid unit that we had been in the previous few games. We, you know, we struggled in the midfield. Uh, Liverpool overrun us. And like I said, they just dominated. Um, and then obviously, you know, that early injury to, to Virgil van Dijk, which... Probably impacted on the game as well as a whole. Uh, you know, the question would DCL have scored his goal? Um, I think Van Dijk would have put him under a lot more pressure, uh, you know, given the quality of him. Um, and, you know, obviously, when we talk about the injury itself, Jordan Pickford, for me, you know, he's, he's, he's a young keeper still. Um, still needs a lot of experience. And I think, you know, I really don't feel that he, he's done that that tackle irrational. I don't think. Uh, sorry, uh, intentional. I think. Yeah. It was more, no, I agree. There's, there's no malice in that. Yeah. No, I think it was. It was more. It, it's just more of Pickford's character. You know, when we we see that game after game, beginning of this season, uh, the end of last season. You know, he's he's quite erratic, um, and you know we see him coming out a lot like that. Unfortunately, you know, uh, Virgil's been there; he's gone for the ball, and, and it's a horrendous injury. And you know, as an Everton fan, you know, obviously, um, I hope he, he recovers uh, a lot sooner than, than than expected. You know, he's going to be a massive a massive uh, loss for Liverpool. Um, you know, he, he's a quality defender, and, and as as you said, Ryan, you know, 
now Fabinho's out, Liverpool are really gonna gonna struggle at the back. And I think he he held that defensive back four together. Um and I think he controlled part of the midfield with with him and Henderson in the in the side, you know, real strong characters for, for Liverpool. Um and then obviously, you know, as we know it was two all, but I think when I look back at the um the, the Henderson goal and again that that ball through from Thiago to to Mane, you know, I have to say, you know, um, as a, as a football fan, more so, I think it's a very harshly ruled out goal. Um, I think the goal should have stood, um, and I think you know it would have been a different story for Everton, given that we've just lost to Southampton as well. Um, you know, that would have been two league games on the bounce lost, so it, it, it's a very different story when when you're looking at the league. And you know, thankfully for us, you know that the goal was ruled out, but I definitely do think um, it should have stood. And just we've got a touch on DCL as well. He started the season so well, hasn't he? He's on fire at the moment for the blue side and Merseyside. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, it just shows the the work ethic that you know DCL's got at the moment. And I think you know we've got to put some of that down to Duncan Ferguson and and the way in which he's coached them. But the way that boy can leap is just unbelievable. And like I said, you know, his all round game as well. He can hold the ball up. He can pass it out to feet. He can turn. He can run. You know, he can dribble. You know, he puts a lot of effort in and, and uh, you know, absolutely deserved his England call-up and, and, and I'm over the moon that he got a goal on his debut as well. Yeah, me too. And there's a couple of uh, big signings in there for Everton as well that was brought in, the likes of Decore and, and Alan and Hamed Rodriguez as well. Uh, they're all making a really big impact and, you know, all three of those and, and a couple of the other uh, ones that you've, you've, you know, had at the club for the last few years as well, DCR, Richarlison, are all players that are putting in a performance, you know, every single time they step out there on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's. I said this um, a while ago, you know, when we were talking about it on the uh, on the debate, Harney, and we Everton have been missing the sort of players like Decore and uh, like Allen as well. Someone sitting in, in front of that back four, you know, gone are the days, like so when we had Fellaini under Moyes and, you know, Thomas Gravison and Lee Carsley, players like that, you know, those box-to-box midfielders as well, people yeah. who are going to contribute to scoring goals as well as help the defence out. And we, for a long time, you know, I think in, in, in football these days, a lot of games are won within the midfield and, and that's where Everton struggled for a long time. We didn't have that quality and we went through a stage where we were bringing in too many attacking midfielders and that just impacted on the dynamics of the squad. And for me, bringing the likes of Allen in to Corey and Rodriguez um, just puts extra pressure on the likes of Sigurdsson and, and Bernard, you know, Tom Davis to step up their game and start performing. Um, and I think Gomez really complements those two players as well in the middle of the park. And, you know, I think we look a lot stronger, um, you know, but again, you know, we, it goes back to that squad depth, similar to Liverpool and you take some of those quality players out, which is, we've seen already this season with Everton, is that we we seem to struggle. Yeah, we've got a really strong eleven. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But um, you know, I think take a couple of those people out and you know fill in those positions. I know we spoke before about um, earlier on before we went live about Iwobi. Yeah, um, yeah. But I just do not rate him at all. You know, he just wants too many touches. He needs to whip that ball in quicker. You know, he wants to cut inside. The amount of times he could have crossed that ball against Southampton for DCL to to, to link on to. He just held, held the play up and, you know, rather than just going forward, 
uh, he kind of held it up and wanted to go back or cut inside, and he lost the ball a lot. Um, and I just think the amount of money we paid for him, same as a lot of players under the likes of Silver, and you know um, when other managers come in, Cumin, um, you know, it, it just we were paying over the odds for for, for panic buys, really. I know, and you know, you've, you've just seen it there. Anyone that's watching on the stream as well, uh, me and Sean are big Arsenal fans, and Sean has had a massive grin all you know across his face that uh, all the way through. <laughs> That uh, part of you know talking about it won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure are. Um, another thing is, if Van Dyke was actually on the side, do you think the referee would have sent Pickford off? I think, um, obviously, you know, the decision's the decision, and obviously Van Dyke was offside, and that's what um, that's where the decision's being made, and. What do you have sent? I don't think the referee hasn't made that decision there and then. He hasn't seen it. He hasn't thought it was a rash challenge. Do I think Pickford should have been sent off? Honestly, I think he should have. Um, you know, it was it was just a really irrational, dangerous challenge. As I said earlier, albeit it, there was no malice in it. Um, you know, you know, ACL is a bad injury, but it could have been a lot worse. It really could. Yeah, I. I totally think i mean i've met jordan pickford when he was playing for the under 20s for mm. against us under 20s a few years ago and he seems really calm and all that and nice um so mike have you got any thoughts on this um so obviously in regards to that game there's a great derby a really fantastic game of football you know that's one that you want to show people who are getting into football at a young age and, and just, you know, that's that's how football should be played uh, in, in the attacking sense. Anyway, not in the, the Jordan Pickford kind of sense, but, and you know, the injuries, etc. But in the, the, you know, some of the attacking football on show that day was fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I've, I think I agree in regards to the Jordan Pickford one as well. Uh, it could have been a red, um, but of course, you know, if, if it's uh, given as offside, then you kind of overrule that and, and don't worry about that anyway. But yeah, um, I just kind of want to echo what Limo was saying, really. Of course, it's a very nasty injury for Van Dijk. And last time that Liverpool were without sort of two or three key players, the Van Dijks, the Hendersons and the Allison, you know, that was when they went and they played Villa and they got absolutely battered by them. So, and, and fell apart, really, on that day. So, you know, we just kind of hope for, from a Liverpool perspective that, you know, you don't see more of that again, yeah. And also... You've also got to say that um, Richarlison actually received the red card in this game. Yeah, I was just gonna gonna touch on that, right? Sorry. Yeah, he, he, I mean, for me, Richarlison's challenge was was absolutely reckless. Uh, you know, you you can't condone challenges like that. You know, in this this day and age, and I think you know, discipline seemingly at the moment, although there's a a good work work ethic, and you know, Ancelotti. You know, he, he's a proven, proven top, top manager. And, he's you know, the, the type of players that he's been able to pull in at the club, um, you know, just confirms that. But there, there just seems to be some some slight lack of discipline um, in regards to to how the, the Everton players are challenging at the moment. The, the losing your head quite quickly and, and, and throwing a boot in like that, it's just reckless. And obviously, Luca Dean getting sent off, um, uh, again against Southampton, albeit you know that that ban's being reduced, um, but still you know it's it just shows that there's there's still work to do, and you know I'm not kind of you know 
putting my head in the clouds and and saying that we're going to go on and win the Prem. There's a chance. There's a chance that you know a lot of teams can win it, but I think we've really got to kind of you know step back a little bit and just just be mindful of of the discipline within the club. Yeah, I totally understand that. I mean, my my view on this is, um, I think the offside. He's you can't be offside with an elbow. It's something that you don't you can't score a goal with yeah, your elbow. Agree completely. So I think the goal should have stood, even though I did predict a two-two draw. And lucky <laughs> enough, that goal was disallowed and gave me mm-hmm. some points for my prediction leagues. But um, in all fairness, I think Liverpool should have got all three points. I mean, it was one of the best derby games I'd seen for a while. Um, also, the Pickford challenge on Van Dyke. Yeah, if Pickford was, uh, if Van Dyke was offside, uh, onside, then yeah, I totally agree that Pickford probably would have received the red card for serious foul play. Um, the red card for Richardson, it's a blatant red. Um, he's gone in there half hearted to injure the player and lucky enough the ban got reduced he is really lucky on that um, yeah I was just going to say just just briefly they missed him in their game against Southampton as well uh, you know a real creative player there and he, he was missed when he really lead to be honest I, I didn't see too much of the game but from what I saw and, and the highlights etc uh, you could see that his his sort of impact and his influence there was definitely missed yeah, I mean, Everton were, were, were really flat, uh, you know, and not taking anything away from Southampton. They played really well, uh, but we were flat. Um, we just didn't seem to have any creativity. I don't believe uh, Rodriguez was fully fit, and that shows on the pitch. Yeah. Um, I felt we were a bit disorganised at the back. Um, obviously, Ben Godfrey, you know, had a good game in the derby, I felt. Um, he was quite solid, but um, I definitely think that he struggled um, against Southampton, you know, he couldn't handle um, Redmond coming up that wing, and, and it showed. You know, I think there was a period of a five six minute period where Southampton actually scored three goals. Luckily, one was disallowed. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, they, they did. They really brought us back down to earth, and like you said, it just showed taking that creativity out the side and not having a fully fit Rodriguez and changes in the midfield. Um, you know, it, it really did impact on, on the dynamics of the team and how we played. I think Sean was going to come in with a few points on this one, was he as well? So, Sean, uh, you can take over, mate. Yeah, what I say is that, um, yeah, if it wasn't if it wasn't for offside, Pickford would, would have been sent off. But what I don't agree with is the fans sending him death, sending him Pickford death threats already. You cannot send any player uh, anything, uh, uh, any death threats, because that's just wrong in my book. Pickford was didn't mean no harm into injury Van Dyke. He just thought he did what was best. He thought, you know, I'd go for an inconsistent um, tackle and it didn't kind of pay off. But what I don't agree with is that. Yeah, Pickford I, I agree as well. Um, we were touching on this the, the other day, weren't we, Limo? Uh, I think we spoke about it in your stream. It might have been last night, in fact. Uh, yeah. and, you know, people are. You know, they're, they're professionals, you know, footballers or doctors or, you know, nurses, you know, the industry that you're in, Nemo. People make mistakes. It's human nature. It's, it's a, you know, life. That, that it's, it's kind of how things work with life. And 
you know, it's, it's not right to get on to somebody about, you know, making a mistake in their job. Yes, it's, you know, potentially a nasty injury for Van Dijk and he's out for nine months now. But, you know, there still needs to be some kind of sense of, uh, yeah, sort of common decency as well. Yeah. Respect, etc. Oh, yeah. I totally understand that as well. I yeah. mean, you should never send anyone death threats or anything. Um, so even if he has made the malicious challenge, you don't send death threats. So we'll move swiftly on to the next topic, which is the topic about Exeter City, who are obviously Plymouth Argyle's biggest rivals, um, having to sign emergency loan goalkeeper Shakal Anderson from Reading on an emergency loan due to Johnny Maxted and Lewis Ward picking up injuries over the last few weeks and especially with um, Lewis Ward who was playing at the weekend just gone he picked up the knot on his ankle which has now ruled him out for a period of time he's picked up this knock he got injured they had a goalkeeper who was Exeter City's under 16 goalkeeper on the bench who's only 15 so a big shout out to him to be in around the first team at such a young age um, and picking up some valuable first team experience because I know he didn't come on, but Joko Anderson has now um, came in on an emergency loan with a view to keep extending it. It reminds me of the situation with Plough Fargo a few seasons ago. I mean, we had six or seven different goalkeepers in the space of a season where we had um, we had the likes of Luke McCormick pick up an injury. So then Kyle Lefferon came in. Kyle Lefferon got injured. Michael Cooper came in. He, because he was a youngster, we had to bring in a first-choice professional. So we brought in Remy Matthews, who then got injured against Portsmouth. We also then had... He got injured, so we had to send him back. Then we ended up having Luke McCormick back for one game. He got injured again. Then we brought in a youngster from Ho who played against um, Yelvo in the Tracker Trade Trophy or the Football League Trophy. He played... And then I think Luke McCormick came back for the, the one game, got injured. We brought in Keller Roofs from Derby, who did really well in his four-game spell. And he went back to Derby. And Remy Matthews, who was at, on loan from Norwich in the end, we sent Keller Roofs back and we got Remy Matthews back and we signed him on a loan deal until the end of the season at the end of December because we were on an emergency loan. We could have him for the 
a week, but in that week we could extend his loan deal, so we just made it until the end of the season. So, That's why I love these emergency loans as well. You know, it's it's much needed at times for especially goalkeepers as well. When you've got these two goalkeepers that are picking up injuries, you know, the one goalkeeper there you mentioned that was um, able to carry on and, and play the end of that game. But, of course, he's going to be out long term now for, for a couple of weeks. And that's why I love the emergency loan window that you can actually just uh, bring in a, a new goalkeeper here on a short term loan for a week or two weeks or a month or whatever. And they're able to come in straight away for the for the next game. It's, you know, it's, it's brilliant, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can touch on this a bit more after about Patacek being called into Chelsea's under uh, their 25-man squad. But before we do that, I think Lee's got a say on this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking that in, in my head as well. But, um, you know, a great opportunity for a young keeper to, to give himself some exposure and obviously trying to take the positives from the negatives. Um, you know, obviously it's given an opportunity to a young lad, Harry Lee, uh, who's come up and, and got himself some time on the bench and like I said, you know, it's it's all about opportunities sometimes football and I think sometimes those opportunities you've got to you've got to grab with both hands and unfortunately those opportunities can come in, in, in some of the worst circumstances. But you know, hopefully some positives will come from it and um, you know, I think um Exeter can can hopefully uh you know relax a little bit. Um what I've seen in this kid, I believe he's he's not a bad keeper. Um, you know, he's a really good shot stopper. He's brave, as most keepers are. You know, he's he's good at, at getting down at people's feet. Um, you know, so fingers crossed he'll he'll be a, a good signing for Exeter. And uh, like I said, we, we might see more of the young kids as well, which hopefully we will do. Yeah, I mean, he made his professional debut in the 1-1 draw for, against Leighton Orient catching up with the, his team four hours before kickoff, which is a big deal for an emergency loan player oh, as massive, well. Massive, massive, yeah. oh, that's It's huge. And to come in and to, you know, get a, a respectable point as well and to uh, only concede one goal, I'm sure he probably would have made quite a lot of saves in there as well in that time and, yeah, get his confidence levelled up. Yeah, I mean, ha- I mean, he conceded quite early on, but... Mm after four minutes, but he was, he did really well for himself and hats off to Exeter for getting someone in that has, is a youngster, but has a bit of experience of having played for Reading's under 23s. Yeah. And actually Limo for, for the late debate, even on Sunday, it might be saying, uh, speaking to Jamo. So if you get Jamo's thoughts on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, um, when I seen how he come from Redden, I thought, you know, I'll um, I'll catch up with, with J-Mo and, and see his thoughts and see if he knows a bit more about this this young kid. It'll be interesting to to see what he's like. You know, it's, it's in the headlines and just going going back to obviously England have, have allowed uh, in the English leagues, they allow these emergency loans for goalkeepers. Yeah. Um just thinking about another time when it happened why Brantham Waite ended up at Barcelona, another situation where they needed a, a, an emergency striker and he, and he came in not on the same sort of level but you know it's it's happening all around the world uh, and it's you know it's happened it's happened before in, in some of the bigger leagues as well and whoever thought Brantham waited to end up at Barcelona well no it's oh, crazy yeah. Martin Bray right? yeah, yeah. from a very low league side in 
the La Liga that season. And they even appealed because they said, well, we're losing one of our best players. Yeah. Why, why can't we make an emergency signing? And they wouldn't but, allow it, yeah. And they, they were just—they they were probably just going to try and go in for an emergency loan signing of Lionel Messi, though, were they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, great, a great swap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they would have got the better deal for that. Oh, easy, easy. <laughs> I mean, I—I I, I liked Martin Braithwaite when he was at Borough, but he's gone on to do better things, and now he's now part of Barcelona's squad, which <laughs> from Middlesbrough to. Barcelona. There's not money that, yeah. <laughs> well, via a few moves as well, but mm-hmm. good, good riddance to him. He's doing really well for himself. But we'll move swiftly on to the next topic that we have, and it's about players being called into clubs. So this is the likes of. Pat check being called up for fourth choice goalkeeper for Chelsea, registering him in their 25-man Premier League squad. Uh, the likes of Meza Ozo and Socrates Papastopoulos missing out of Arsenal's uh, 25-man squad. Say his name again, right? What was it? Socrates who? Socrates <laughs> Papastopoulos. <laughs> and and they they um been missing out um so I know Mike and Sean will have a big say on this because they both are big Arsenal fans and they all and they would have a say on Petacek being called up for Chelsea because he played for Arsenal for quite a few years so we'll come to you first Sean on this. Oh, wow. Petr Cech. I thought he was done, but stranger things have happened in football. Stranger things have happened in football. What a guy. What a character. To absolute, to be emergency loan for Chelsea Kielke because Kepper is not up to standards. Willie Cabarro is not up to standards. They only got a decent keeper in Mendy that they signed in um, the summer. So... I think it'll do him a lot of good. I don't think he'll play as much games, but he'll be there just in case things go wrong. And what do you think about Meza Ozo and Socrates messing out of the 25-man Premier League squad for Arsenal? Keep, keep it short, Sean. We've got an hour and a half. Um, so that was a massive detail. Yeah. Um, well... I, I'm I'm not surprised about Socrates missing out, but I'm more surprised about Urzel missing out because of the things that have been going on between him and the club. Okay. When so, I said sure, I didn't mean that sure, but okay. <laughs> but it's fine. We'll just move over to Mike on his view on this. Yeah, I love the Petter Jack one. That's a fantastic one for Chelsea. Of course, uh, Mendy is great with his hands, but it's not so great with his feet as we saw uh, against United as well. Uh, on Saturday, he made that bit of a balls up where he kicked it out for a corner. Um, so he's not not fantastic with his feet. Kepa, everyone knows about him. He's prone to making mistakes, and you know they paid over the odds for him. Really getting the big, you know, uh, big uh, chunk of money for you know in, in, out of um, out of that one and to, to pay for him and, and Caballero as well. Decent goalkeeper, but not for a Chelsea. You know, maybe for a lower end Premier League team in the, the bottom half or 
you know, somebody like a West Ham or Southampton or whatever, uh, somebody like that is, you know, he's good for them, but not for a Chelsea. Uh, so it's great to have Petr Cech into their squad. Um, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm with Sean, I don't think he'll play loads of minutes or, you know, loads of games for them, etc. But I do think that it's a good name to have. Of course, he's got experience playing uh, in that uh, Premier League for a number of years. He's actually the Premier League uh, clean sheet record holder still as well. So, uh, you know, he might get a, a chance to add to that by a couple of games or two. Um, and he'd he done it for Arsenal as well as at Chelsea. It was a big impact in getting Mendy over the line for Chelsea as well with uh, the whole links with Rennes there. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be great for Chelsea. Good opportunity for him. Of course, he still uh, does his ice hockey as well. He's playing a bit of ice hockey at the moment there. Um, he's a Czech goalkeeper there in, in that division. So, yeah, I think he's uh, a good sort of bit of business for them. And uh, their best goalkeeper still at Steamridge on loan, though, Jamie Cumming. But uh, other than that, yeah. <laughs> um, what's your thoughts on the Mesut Ozo and the Socrates? Right, so yeah, Socrates, no surprise for me. They're never going to feature this season. And uh, I think we actually were trying to ship him out and get rid of him in the last window. We weren't able to. Uh, Mesut Ozil, I get what Sean's saying about the creativity and you know all of that, but he hasn't been that creative in the last sort of three or four years. He has had a lot of games where he's been sort of hit and miss or mostly miss in some of those games as well. And, and some of the times he looks a little bit lazy or a little bit lost. So... Um, I do think that it's probably the right decision. Yes, there's the opportunity for him to play in the League Cup, as we said earlier, against Man City, but he's out of the Europa League squad and the Champions League squad. And uh, I just think £350,000 a week is ridiculous wages for somebody that, you know, is, is all about the publicity. It's shown in recent weeks, the Gunnosaurus, the, um, the whole thing with the, uh, you know, the, 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 with, with that, with... Um, the social media side of it, the whole thing with Roma, as we mentioned yesterday, Ryan, we were having a little discussion about the, you know, getting into social media influencing and whatever. So he's very much social media based at the moment, Ozil. And we touched on it on Sunday on the late debate as well, that that is going to definitely be getting into the heads of the players and also Arteta and all of his staff as well. So I think we've made the right call. Uh, it's a shame we've got to put up with him until sort of May, June time and can't just get him off the books now and, move on but yeah the sooner we can move on from that the better i think yeah and we're just gonna let lee have his say before i finish off with my say on this yeah i mean pretty much agree with with what harney's saying you know of of, of what i've seen of socrates i've not really rated them <clears throat> um so i'm not surprised on that one um in regards to ozel uh, he's been on the decline for for a few seasons now. He he just doesn't seem to be you know that that quality of a Premiership player that he once was. Whether that's to do with the management or whether it's something going on with him inside his own head or he fell out with the club. You know, there's a I think there's a lot more going on in the background than we probably know about. Uh, but again, I agree with Harney, and a lot of players do the same now. You know, especially these days, a lot of things aren't kept inside the club. A lot of players are hitting social media for that reaction, which is great in some ways. It gives fans that opportunity to to interact in a different way. But, um, you know, when they're just coming out and, and, you know, saying things about the club and having their opinion without consulting the club, I think that does have an impact on on the trust of the manager and the other players. Um, you know, obviously his wages and, and all stuff like that, you know, to, to leave him out the squad. Um, I think it's some statement to make, really, isn't it? You know, 
Um, obviously, he's got no future at the club, and, and like Arnie said, you know, it's a shame he they can't push him out a little bit sooner. Um, and then just quickly on Petr Cech, I mean, amazing. I just think it's fantastic, and I really hope he plays. <laughs> I really do. I'd love to see him back on the pitch again with his helmet on. I just love to. <laughs> you know, he'll probably make one appearance or two appearances, and they'll be against Arsenal. Uh, the, the team he's <laughs> yeah. Uh, my thoughts on this, uh, I'm not overly concerned about Socrates. Yeah, I don't. I, from what I've seen of him, I don't think he was ever really that good for us. No, no, but, he's about you know, our sixth or seventh top defender. Like we've got so many higher rated ones than him. You know, even Gabriel and Saliba. You know, just to mention two that we've signed already in the summer and last year, and Pablo Mari as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. So I'm not really concerned about him. But Ozo, yeah, I can understand why he's been left out of the, both squads, the Europa League and the Premier League squad. But there's things going on inside. I mean, we've seen last night on Twitter about AS Roma being involved in that. Maybe he's trying to force a move out there in January. Who knows? I think I don't blame him, you know, for wanting to force a move anywhere when he's uh, training with the kids. You know, any any move is a good move for him right now when he's training with the under 23s. But the biggest news for me is Petacek. I think it's the best bit of business that Chelsea have done, done since Abramovich has come in. I think, in my opinion, it's the best bit on the basis if Kepper, Mendy, Caballero all get injured or pick up a suspension. They've got a very good goalkeeper in Petacek who is playing ice hockey as well as being the technical director at Chelsea. Yeah. He's still keeping fit. He's training every day now. So just in case he's called upon. And it's a big factor as well. Just, you know, in that Mendy deal, but it was also a big factor in the Havertz deal, in the Werner deal as well. You know, across all of those deals, he was a massive factor in getting them players to the club. I think, uh, I think as well, Harney. You know, given his experience and his character, I think he's going to be fantastic to have him around in the mix with the players again. Yeah, I think it'll be a real boost for them, and you know, a bit more support for Lampard as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think both of them are going to work really well together over the next season or two. I mean, Mandy signed a four-year deal with with um, Chelsea. So I think Czech's instigated that a lot more than mm-hmm. it should. The next thing we're going to quickly chuck on to is about... Marcus Rashford. Um, this is about Marcus Rashford. Um, over the pandemic that we're having, the global pandemic in England, he's well, he's just received an MBE for this. Um, he's um, he's doing some business. He's making the. Um, school free school di- dinners f- available for children that are unable to 
get um, any um, food during this half-term window. Um, and he's done it. He's paid for a lot of the school dinners that are going around from all over the country. And I know Mike's got a very good say on this. So we'll hand over to him first. Yeah, well, it's not even just Marcus Rashford. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic what he's doing there. Um, Ozil's doing the same as well. You know, it might be a publicity thing on Ozil's, uh, you know, way of thinking, as we were saying before, but he's doing it with the kids over in Barnet, uh, which is just local as well. Um, and there's also Crew Alexander are doing a similar sort of thing as well, one of their old players. Uh, so there's a few sort of, you know, ones like that. They're all getting involved. And it's great because obviously the kids are... Um, on half term at the moment and, and you know they're struggling some of them uh, their families are struggling you know they might have parents that are not working at the moment they might be um, you know sort of late you know laid off or you know been let go from their jobs or whatever it may be due to this uh, global pandemic and it's fantastic that those guys with a bit of money a little bit of a name and a reputation there as well were uh, yeah you know we were touching on the, the negative aspects of social media media earlier but this is a massive positive yeah, I would chuck this over to Lee because I know he's got a very good say on this as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he, he's done fantastic things for for young kids, and um, you know, this this recent sort of uh, application which was rejected, um, I know Liverpool, the Merseyside area, were one of the first to act in regards to you know local restaurants and charities stepping up. Um, and that's just gone global. You know, a lot of other councils have, have followed through. Obviously, uh, uh, Mayor Joe Anderson uh, was quite kind in saying that part of the budget that Liverpool City Council have got, um, you know, he's going to supply, you know, the young children of Liverpool, the ones that need it the most uh, with food. And I just think, you know, using his profile in, in that way is, is fantastic, you know. As Harney said, you know, there's, there's negatives in regards to social media, but this is an absolute positive. And, you know, through ourselves, evolving mindset as well, we're putting up uh, some donations as well to our local food bank. So, you know, we're, we're trying to get involved ourselves as much as we can because, you know, the community means so much to us and it does to everyone. Um, and I think it's important. And, you know, we really do need to stand up and, and, and stick through this together uh, because it's going to be tough times, especially with the winter coming in. And, you know, children, unfortunately, not getting those hot meals they would do in school. Um, so, you know, some places are doing some fantastic work. Uh, so, you know, take me hat off to them and, and those that are helping, absolutely. And actually, you've just said it there in regards to evolving mindset as well. Um, I do a little bit of voluntary stuff with the charity organisation Mind and, uh, you know, a little bit of money that I have in the bank as well I, i'll send their way as well i sent them a tenner yesterday for example i know it's not a lot to me but it might be a bit you know a bit more to them so they might be able to do a bit more with it there yeah every little penny helps each mm -hmm. child yeah uh we're now just going to let sean have his say on this what what i say about marcus russell what a perfect role model he is to the young children absolutely professional even though he plays for a rival club you could not get anyone better to represent a perfect role model to say this is how things are going to do and he deserves every credit he deserves and well deserved on the nbe as well and i hope fingers crossed i hope he does more yeah they absolutely. Deserve more. Oh, absolutely. with the nbe as well 
you just touched on it there. And actually, I did see earlier the uh, Sports Personality of the Year as well. You know, they've, they've kind of come out and said it has to be uh, <coughs> excuse me, in regards to sporting achievements on the pitch, which is a little bit of a shame, but I'm sure they'll give him a special award, you know, separate from that, yeah. Yeah, he totally deserves something. I mean, yeah. he's been phenomenal for during this global pandemic. I mean, he's not on the biggest amount of wages at Man U, like the likes of Fernandez and Co. But to come out and put your own money and saying that I'm going to pay for your school dinners or pay for your council to give you school dinners. It's a brilliant, brilliant thing for um, for the councils of England, Scotland, Wales, and, and Ireland. As well, yeah. And, uh, Ireland, yeah. So, and I was just going to say, actually, just guys, before we move on to the next topic, talking about the coronavirus and the things that people have done and clubs have done. Steamy's Football Club, big shouts to you as well for all of your stuff that you've done. That is huge. Uh, the, you know, the players, the staff. The volunteers, everybody going out there delivering meals, sandwich deliveries, prescriptions, uh, having a helpline, everything that you've done there through the pandemic. Well played, Stephen. Well done. Yeah, totally respectful to any club that's gone out there and gone beyond in and beyond. Yeah. So the next thing we're going to talk about is about the Insigni brothers. They both played for their re- rec- respective clubs at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roberto Insigni for Benevento and Lorenzo Insigni for Napoli. Um, and it was actually Roberto Insigni that actually opened the goal scoring out of the two Insignis. He put Benevento 1-0 up at half-time. So... You got any views on this, Mike? Yeah, I did see actually about that as well over the weekend that the uh, two brothers both scored for their respective clubs. And actually, you know, it was on the verge of being a surprise result as well with the uh, the first one. And then Juventus um, coming back and, you know, coming out and, and winning 2-1 in the end with the other brother scoring as well. So it's not something you see all of the time, but um, it's just a, a great talking point as well. You know, fantastic for both of the brothers to score and I'm sure you know if they had a family meal whatever that night they would have had a lot to talk about yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> well I've I've just read here that um one day after he sustained an injury I think this is about <coughs> Lorenzo Insigni coming back from injury yeah um that forced him off the pitch in tears last month Lorenzo Insigni was on the phone to his brother, Roberto. I'm going to make my comeback against you, he said. On the other end of the line, he heard laughter. Must you? Came the reply. And they, yeah, both, went, and they both went and scored in that game. Yeah, sorry, I, I just said you as well. I just want to correct myself. Napoli was what I meant. Yeah, so a very good comeback game for Lorenzo, I think. Uh, scoring against his brother younger brother as well at that um and roberto scoring as well and to put his benavito side one though up as well i think that's a great bit of news for both insignies you got any views on this lee 
Um, yeah, just obviously echo what you guys said. It's it's great to see, you know, especially brothers in football. Um, you know, we we had it man new with the Nevilles and I think <laughs> Romelu Lukaku, who's got a brother that plays at uh, was it left back or right back? Yeah, Jordan. Um, yeah, yeah. Jordan, yeah. <laughs> I've had him a couple of times on FM as a backup. He's a decent little player on FM. He was, he, yeah, he's not too yeah. bad. Yeah, he's yeah. Not too bad. Um, you know, yeah, it's great, isn't it? You know, like you said there, right, Benavito, you know, going ahead, um, nearly causing an upset. Uh, it was good to watch, good to see. And like you said, I'm sure they, they went home and they were, um, you know, just like brothers again, although rivals on the pitch, probably rivals when they were younger kids. Yeah, if anything to go by with my my boys, they're always bloody fighting and um, <laughs> having a go at each other. So I'm sure they were like that when they were kids. But I suppose it's a proud proud moment for them both to be playing against each other. And, and like you said, both scoring as well. It's, it's fantastic to see, especially the way things are at the moment. It's it adds a little positive spin, doesn't it, to to the world of football at the moment? Yeah, it does. It does. Wouldn't it have been nice if they swapped shirts as well? Well, you've muted yourself there, Lee. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, it would have been great. And they may have done that. They may have done that. Yeah, it would have been nice. Um, especially with both of them scoring and the, both of them being in Sydney. So. <laughs> I just wanted to say, actually, you, you mentioned there in regards to uh, the Neville brothers as well. Obviously, Phil Neville was uh, with Everton. And there's that whole cliff on Sky Sports with Gary Neville speaking to his brother, um, and it's I can't remember what, it was, what game it was, but Gary Neville is, is talking to his brother and they're just having a little bit of a laugh as well. You probably know the one I want about, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that, yeah. And and you know what, he, he you know Neville was great when he comes to us. Um, shock signing to be honest, but um, you know he was he was a fantastic captain. You you, you got to take your hat off, but you could see that that kind of camaraderie went with, with that interview, you know. With, with them being brothers and, and that's what it's about isn't it you know I'm sure these two lads went home and, and had a laugh with each other and maybe shared a, a, a glass of red wine together or a beer I'm sure yeah I mean Phil Neville going to Everton was probably the biggest shock of anything because no one really expected it no not at that age he was at as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. I don't know where that come from but you know it, <laughs> He, he was a good servant for us, as I said, ended up captain, um, you know, so he was, and I think with his versatility as well, he helped us, um, I think he helped both on and, off the, on and off the pitch, to be honest. Like I said, his versatility, he could play in a number of different positions, which which at the time helped us um, and helped with the building of the, of the team at the time under Moyes. Especially when he came through Manu's youth, and all that he was actually a left back, exactly. And then, yeah, and then under Sir Alex, he ended up playing more of a centre mid role. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think he had a few spells at centre back as well. He mm-hmm. did. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, he played. Uh, I think he played right back a few times for us and and the defensive midfield as well. So he's played in a number of positions, hasn't he? But it just shows, you know, as you said, that coming through the the United. Um, United Youth Academy, you know, he was a born winner. Um, he's won a lot of trophies, he's got a lot of experience. So, you know, in in hindsight, it was a it was a great, great addition to the squad. He brought some fantastic experience and and at the time another um another player that has, has played for Everton and and held a Premier League winners medal. So there's it a been, yeah, it would have been nice if he didn't give away that penalty against Romania, I think it was though. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, try, just trying to remember back, yeah. Yeah. So the next thing we're going to talk about is the runs and the of Reading and Stevenage. Mm-hmm. Reading are actually on a very good run. Uh, they've won seven of their last eight, losing uh, during one of the other games, which was to my second team, Middlesbrough. Um, we've also got Stevenage, who have not won in eight games. Is that right, Mike? Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. We'll just skip over <laughs> that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, uh, and the fact we've not scored in uh, <coughs> five games. <laughs> I think that's a bit of a COVID cough there. <laughs> it, might, no. might even, it might even be six actually by uh, yesterday's game. <laughs> but um, they did actually pick up a very good point yesterday against Harrogate. So, yeah. um, so anyone got any views on this, M- Mike? I know you're going to have a view on the Stevenage. Yeah, so yeah, with Steven, it's not a you know, not a really um, good time for the club at all at the moment. On the back of last season, almost getting relegated as well, and getting the reprieve at the end of last season with Macclesfield. You know, one minute we were down, then we were staying up, then we were down again, then we were up, uh, but we managed to stay up in the end. So that was uh, a positive. Um, and then we've got uh, new manager Alex Ravel, and I think he had about two games before COVID hit. You know, young manager been supported by Lenny Lawrence, you know, a name that everyone in, in football knows. Uh, Mark Sampson as well, another name that a lot of people will be familiar with from the England women, etc. And I think, was it, might even be Everton, was it Everton women as well, maybe? Um, I, I know Mark did, or was it Bristol? I can't remember, but he's done a bit with the, some of the women's teams anyway as well. Uh, but yeah, it's not a, not a great time for the club at the moment. Yes, we picked up that point yesterday, but we are, you know, as Ryan, as you said, we haven't won a game in eight. Um, and yeah, we, we haven't scored in, I think it's five or six games. So we've got a, a home game against Grimsby at the weekend and, uh, just hopefully we can break that duck. You know, we, we looked lively, um, in patches yesterday in that game against Harrogate. We could have had a couple of goals, but you know, we didn't even amount to shots on target. You know, there were dangerous, uh, sort of areas of, you know, shooting, uh, shooting play and shooting positions, but didn't actually, uh, you know, no shots on target materialised from that. There was a few sort of half chances, whatever. But um, it's just uh, be great to see that win. And hopefully the, the next win will come sooner rather than later. And then we can kick on because we don't want to be in the position we were in last season, relying on other teams again, especially now with two teams going down rather than the one because of the whole situation surrounding uh, Berry as well. That You know, and of course, you know, we've, we've had Berry uh, go out of business. We've had Macclesfield drop down as well and now not be allowed to play in the conference. And, you know, they're two teams that have gone down in our place. And realistically, they're going to be two teams worse than us this season. You know, on the balance of play last season, it's going to be very unlikely. Yeah, my my little quick say on this is Reading only lo- losing two points to Middlesbrough and gaining a draw. I think it's a great result for Middlesbrough. But Reading, who were struggling last season uh and now they've won seven and drawn one from their first eight games i think it's a bit of great business stevenage run of eight games without a win i think i'm gonna check some stats i think it is six games without a goal but i will confirm for you as well as you as you carry on with what you're saying mate yeah i think i think it's 
going to happen because obviously you did sign a lot of players non league, yeah, players from conference so, and so, so, like that as well. Yeah, they, they've had to make the big step up knowing mm-hmm. that they're in a different division now. Um, so it's getting used to them. I mean, there's no fans in the stadium, so they ain't going to be able to watch the game and fans instigate what happens on the game sometimes um if the if it ain't with if there weren't fans in the stadium they ain't getting that boost where if there was fans in the stadium the fans will actually get in behind and actually push the team maybe a bit more yeah. It, I'm thinking it is six games, but just going away from that, it's actually, I've just come across this as well. We'll touch on this in more detail. It's one that we didn't put on there. It actually come through four hours ago, and it looks like really good news for Burnley. They're uh, subject of a 200 million takeover bid by Mohamed Al-Kashashi, uh, I think it is, and Chris Farinal, or Farnal. Um, so the two uh, Egyptian businessmen there and lawyer Chris as well. Um you know, it's just something else that's come, you know, and cropped across there when I was having a look. But, uh, you know, for a club like Burnley, if they get money behind them, that's going to be huge as well. You know, they were fantastic against Spurs and unlucky on Monday. But, um, Lee, have you got, a, you know, anything that you want to add on that in, in regards to Burnley and maybe them getting brought out? Um, I mean, I just just heard it from from yourself there, Arnie. It's uh, it's good news for Burnley. You know, uh, not far from from us. Uh, not far up the road from us, the M6. So yeah, uh, some good news. Hopefully, and hopefully it can go through. Obviously, we had the uh, Newcastle, the yeah. saga with the with the Newcastle takeover, and obviously the Premier League rejecting that. So hopefully, this can go through, and that'll be massive, massive for Burnley. It really will. Yeah, and we haven't changed the schedule, Nick. That literally just popped up on my phone as I was looking, so I just thought I'd bring it in. Um. So yeah. I think the next bit of business that we're going to talk about and the next topic is going to be about the Barcelona president being forced out. Yeah. So it uh, was... Right, are you on... Just have another, just a, a brief one, mate. Are you on the Twitch? Uh, we've, got some, we've, got some, we've got some stuff to be dealing with as well, but yeah, okay. We'll just ignore that, but... All right. We'll just, um, the... Uh, Barcelona president being forced out of Barcelona. Uh, he resigned yesterday, Tuesday, 27th of October 2020, and his name's Joseph Marie Bartomeu. Um, he was he resigned. Uh, I don't really have much to say on this but I'm sure the others will have yeah I think Sean did I know uh, he's not had anything to say on a few so we bring him in for this one first of all I think yeah go on then Sean well the, I think the only reason he was being forced out is because the amount of money they spent on players and chances you look at Usum Dembele a hundred and something odd million they spent on him you look at Coutinho, 140, 145 million on him in transfers. They spent a, whole, a total of a billion 
pounds on transfer on transfers alone. So he has to. He was being forced out because Barcelona not not been able to work out like the unit they were as um like the the force they were, if you know what I mean. Because Real Madrid absolutely beat them uh, in the El Clasico. Yeah, and you said about Dembele, I think it was about 180 million they spent on him, yeah. So, altogether, like, altogether, the players they bought is like over a billion pounds they wasted on, on the on the talent itself. And they swapped, was it Arthur for a 30-year-old from Juventus, yeah. which is, don't make sense at all. No, it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, there's another... F- view from Lee, I think, on this? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously, he's took that, that whole board with him and I definitely think, you know, the, the Messi situation has got something to do with it as well. I think we, we underestimate the, the power Messi's got and I think that's a common theme with a lot of big players. You know, we, we really do underestimate the, the pull and power that these players have uh, in regards to decisions that get made, not only with the, the boards, but you know, with managers as well. Um, I, you know, I think this was coming for a while. As I agree with what Sean was saying. You know, the amount of money they've spent absolutely wasted. Um, you know, paying over the odds for players, and and I think you know, it's 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 something that needs to be improved. And you know, Barcelona, massive, huge club. Um, you know, and there's definitely something not right. Um, in the in the background, and clearly it was it was the board, and obviously now he's resigned. The the pressures, you know, built up and got too much, and, and obviously he's re- resigned and and took the board with him. Yeah, yeah, and I have to echo that really as well. I haven't really got too much to add. You know, the Barcelona fans were wanting him out for a while. They they were trying to force him out for a, you know quite a, a severe amount of time, and they've got their way with it in the end, and. Uh, you know, you've touched on it there with the massive situation, Lee, as well. That, um, yeah, he's going to have a massive impact. You know, he really wanted to force that move through. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, be interested to see what happens with him next summer as well because, you know, it's going to be a, an ongoing saga that for a number of years now. Yeah, totally understand. And I can totally echo all of the remarks that we've just received there. The next thing we're going to talk about is the South End United court case that they had that was going hey, on yeah, on the 28th of October 2020. Mike has more news on this, so we'll go over to Mike on that. Yeah, so it's uh, great for South End. They had to go into court today to pay off their uh, outstanding debts, and uh, fortunately they were able to pay them all off in full. So they are, you know, in no danger of going under. And uh, I know quite a lot of South End fans myself. I've been to a few of their games, uh, not not even just games against Stevenage. I went to a game against uh, Bristol Ravers as well with uh, Tom and Emma. And, you know, I, I know quite a lot. I know Mitch, I know Jordan. Uh, and, and even their uh, manager, Mark, as well. Mark Mosley used to play at Stevenage. So, you know, and Chris Phillips, the the uh, Echo as well, the, the journalist, Um so it's great for all of those guys and, and even Ben Coker, you know, a, a former South End man who's now here at Stevenage and uh, Luke Prosser as well, etc. So it's really good news for South End. Um, the fortunes on the pitch are not really great for them at the moment. Hopefully that can turn as well. But, you know, it's no, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, what was I going to say? It's kind of uh, obvious um, 
that you know results are going to probably start to pick up now because that's going to be you know sort of weight off their shoulders and, and something off their head. So I do think that's going to be uh, you know a turning fortune for Southend there, um, and it's great to see them you know not going down the same route as the Berries and the Macclesfields and you know being able to pay off the debt. So you know great for Southend and for um, yeah you know the sort of lower end of football as well and, and League Two football. So you know that's that's fantastic for Southend and of course you know as all those fans that I mentioned. Um, it's great that you've got your club, you know, with Berry. I know uh, a Berry fan as well, Amanda, and she was devastated. She was gutted. It was like she just uh, lost a loved one. So, yeah, it's it's obviously a, a massive shame when you lose your football club. It's somebody that you follow home and away for, you know, 20 years or 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, whatever it may be. Um, you know, it's like you're losing a, somebody very, very close to you, uh, a family member or a really close friend. So, yeah, it's uh, obviously with, with Berry, that was a big shame for them. And it's... Uh, Really good that Southend have managed to pay off the debts and they're not going to go down the same route. Well, I totally echo that as well. Um, Barry l- losing a lot of their players as well to yeah. my team, Plymouth Argyle. But mm-hmm. we did actually pay out £15,000, £30,000 for Dominic Telford. And I think that money actually went to a Barry associate to make sure that the football ground and all that when they get back into the football league they have that funds available for for them yeah it was the same with Steenridge we picked up a few of their players as well Chris Stokes being one of them yeah I mean they they've lost they have very lost all their players they appointed a manager that managed Truro in the um, Vanarama National League South, who went on to get relegated. Um, I think Barry were looking to fold anyway, but I'm so glad. I, I don't like to see football clubs fold. I mean, we've had the likes of um, Ruston and Diamonds in the Football League. They've had to fold. We've had Macclesfield, who've now folded. Um Lots of clubs, you know, we, we touched on it with the FA Cup draw, Hereford, uh, Darlington, because they've gone under 1883 now as well. Yeah, Hereford, yeah, Darlington, Chester. Yeah. Who, who are a big name in the old Division 3. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had the likes of um, there's another few teams that have gone under, but They've had, they came back from the dead, and made a new team, and I'm ha- happy for South Southend to have paid off all their debts, and they're a good bunch as well. They're a really great bunch of supporters, Southend. They're very loud, very vocal, very you know behind their team all the all the way. And even right now, they're sitting rock bottom in League Two. And I really do hope for for their sake, the fortunes turn around. Yeah, I totally agree with this because I have been to a Southend v Exeter game quite a few years ago where I went to watch them because Argo <coughs> were away. Yeah. And I really wanted to see some local football. I weren't going to local football teams now back then, but now I go to a local football team and I go and support them because it's 
only literally down the road from me. And hopefully they can get on the rise up into the National League South. And that's and great as well to support the lower league teams. You know, these uh, clubs that aren't going to have very much else that they, you know, the, the, the players are going to be on very little wages. Uh, they're going to be reliant on those fans to come in, the 300 fans or, you know, 200 fans, whatever they end up getting. So that's brilliant for, you know, club like Plymouth Parkway, like the clubs down here, you know, the likes of Hitchin Town and, and places like that. So uh, it, it's great, you know, to, to actually get to some of these local grounds, these local games and support, you know, other local clubs as well that you can actually go in and watch the game and, you know, you're actually there amongst other people and, you know, it's great for those clubs um, and that they're able to get some income and some money, yeah. Yeah, so we'll hand over to Leon, his thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think what you both said there, it's such a shame that, you know, finances are impacting so much on these clubs and especially the, the current situation within, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd think that the the bigger clubs would, would try and help them a lot more. I mean, you know, obviously South Ends were, were lucky. Um, only what I've read, you know, they were able to sell, um, you know, Roots Hall, which has given them the opportunity to refinance the club. Obviously, Macclesfield weren't, weren't so lucky. But, yeah, we've seen some some clubs, like you said, you know, um, disband. You know, Chester have, have done it. Um, you know, Wimbledon in the old days. So it's, it's been happening for a long time. Um, but more so lately, you know, more so nowadays, it's, it's becoming more and more difficult for these smaller clubs to um to stay afloat and it's it's such a shame i think those clubs are struggling already and you know covid coming along has has just kind of put the the, the final nail in the coffin for some of them unfortunately um it's a shame in some cases but it's good for south end you know i'm pleased that they've been able to to get the funds together and survive um so yeah hopefully as you said they're the sitting bottom they're yeah. the, the winless after the first nine matches yeah, yeah, lost again last night against Oldham as well at home. Yeah, so hopefully they can uh, they can pick up now and and that positive news will, will, will you know filter down into the team and into the players. Yeah, because the manager there, Mark Mosley, he said that it's not you know having an impact on him or on his team, but surely it is. Surely it is. Yeah, I think it does, doesn't it? You know, it, it's things that are going on in the background of the club. The players get to know about it. Sure, they do, and. and the human beings as well at the end of the day and it's going to impact on them isn't it absolutely and then just before we you know I'll come back to you in a sec right but uh, we were talking about Hitchin Town in there as well and you know for a, a local non-league club they've actually uh, during Covid they were able to raise over £2,000 uh, to help with donations for the club and you know the running of the club etc so you know it's not a lot of money to some people but for a club like Hitchin that's huge yeah I totally second that and it's great to have a bit of non-league making money for other clubs and all that as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next segment that we are going to talk about is a very sensitive subject. Yes. It's to the thoughts of Jeremy Whiston, who sadly took his own life early part of this week. Um, and we will give our condolences to Jeremy Whiston's friends, family, and football family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we we do 
really wish you had gone through and actually got on better. I mean, the reason apparently that he did... Um, it was down to uh, depression, wasn't it, I think? Depression and on the release of being released from Man City. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, big thoughts to anyone related or anyone connected to Jeremy Whiston. Um, Absolutely. I, I just want to just come in now. I know Lee's going to have a, a lot to say on this, being uh, the company director for Evolving Mindset, a big mental health charity there. Uh, they're actually going to be in FM21 as well, which is great. And uh, yeah, so with Jeremy Whiston uh, there, I think it's a, a huge shame. You know, it's kind of similar to Gary Speed as well, another player that took his own life through depression, Michael Felicitas as well, uh, the former Steamless player who was on Love Island and he went through the similar kind of thing. And uh, yeah, it's a shame, you know, these players have been released and he's only a young lad, he's a 17-year-old boy and, uh, you know, that, that's where it's so important for mental health and for everyone to actually, you know, um, feel that they're able to speak about it and to, to be open about it because I was actually watching the stream yesterday on uh, Instagram, one of the Instagram lives and uh, it was a guy, I think his name was Tom, uh, and he was talking with uh, one of these universities or sort of help things as well in regards to, you know, the mental health aspect of universities and colleges uh, and students, etc. through uh, the COVID lockdown and, and the coronavirus pandemic. And it is huge right now. So, yeah, big uh, rest in peace to Jeremy Wistian there and, uh, you know, thoughts of his family, his friends, all of his uh, colleagues as well at uh, Man City and players that have played with him, et cetera, and, and that know him. So, you know, it's, it's a shame that uh, you weren't able to come out and to speak to somebody, you know, a mental health nurse like Lee, for example, who could have uh, got you on the right track and been able to help you out. So, you know, I'll, uh, I'll hand over to you now, Lee, as well, and you can uh, give your opinion and your thoughts on this one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's such a shame, you know, the, the, the poor lad, he's 17, and I know you made reference to, to Gary Speed as well, and, and you know, there's a number of, of you know, ex-footballers in regards to, to mental health. You know, we 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 done a session uh, through Evolving Mindset in regards to uh, depression and, and we 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 done a, a segment about Mason. Yeah. Uh, Paul Mason, you know, another massive um character within the footballing world. Um, you know, obviously addiction more so with him, but it's still that mental health. But you know, to, to take your own life is something tragic and it's 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 huge within men. Um, young men, you know, and, mm -hmm. and especially, and you know, we, we found more so in COVID, um, you know, that actually. Sorry, mate, just, just one thing. Actually, you said that about men as well, um, and you know, the, the footballers and, and just men in general. One mm -hmm. of my comments that I made, even on that Instagram live that I was talking about, was the whole, you know, sort of saying about man up, you know, it's and and you know, it's okay for the, for men. Men are, men are strong, men don't cry. You know, people need to break that stigma down now, don't they? Yeah, absolutely, and, and um, I don't know whether you've, you've seen it yourself, Harney, but I've, I've done a session on, on my Twitch channel um, around breaking that stigma, and we know out of all the mindset, it's something that we're massive on is, is breaking down that stigma because you're absolutely right. You know, I think you know back in the day, it was it was a lot a lot easier for for people to say to, to a man, especially you know if he, if he was feeling low or depressed, just to just to get on with it, man up. You're a man. You're the breadwinner. You're the man of the house. You're not allowed to yeah. be upset or depressed or sad. And it's mm -hmm. just, you know, 
it's leading to so many men, you know, just giving up and, and, and obviously committing suicide. And, you know, it's a massive subject and we don't talk about it enough. And we really do need to, to talk about it more and more. And, you know, as you said there, you know, being a director of a mental health charity for me, um, it's all about raising that awareness ultimately. And, and I do doing that through Twitch um, and obviously through Twitter and, and every sort of platform we can really to try and, you know, promote evolving mindset. But but other charities out there, there's, there's some smaller charities out there and, and we've got a partnership with a local organisation called Sean's Place. Um, which, okay. um, which was opened um, by a lady um, whose brother actually committed suicide just uh, last year or the year before, 2019, I think it was. Um, and, you know, the help is out there, but it's it's accessing it as well. And, you know, unfortunately, there's, there's certain places that you go where, you know, there's, you know, there's a criteria that you need to, to meet. And it's such a shame. And, you know, if, if there was more kind of informal platforms for people to come, you know, as you know yourself, Harney, and that's something that I want to promote in, in my Discord is, is yes. it's a safe, confidential place for people to come and, and chat um, and, you know, to reach out as well. And, and like you said, there's that many people, not just men, you know, women as well, um, who are suffering. Um, and, you know, suicide rates, I believe, when, when we get the new stats from the... Um, from the World Health Organization, we're going to see a massive rise in, in you know, um, the percentage of people who have, have a mental health problem, uh, but also the suicide rate is, is going to be um, astronomical. We're going to see a massive rise in it as well. And it's such a shame that, you know, people re need to realise that there is places out there that they can come and talk to. And, and sometimes that's down to knowledge. Um, and if you don't know something's there, you're not going to go out and, and ask for it. And again, like I said, that's something that we really want to endorse within this this organisation and this charity, especially, um, is trying to reach out to as many people as we want. And even this kid here, you know, at, at 17, something that we're trying to do now, and we've we've just um, got ourselves a link with Southport uh, FC. Uh, oh, so brilliant. We're gonna, we're going to be going in there and delivering some mental health sessions to the players and the staff. Mm -hmm. and just raising awareness more and uh, we're hoping to go into some schools as well um so for, for us as an organization that's where we can go further but raise more awareness and if we can get into more of those lower league sides um you know it's a start um and i know that there's a massive campaign you know through the premier league sides it's huge yeah but you know it's just it's we need to do more we, we really do need to at a lower level and a younger level i think kids is need it, to understand. Yeah, sorry, mate. I know uh, you're getting into quite a lot of uh, detail there in regards to that, but I just wanted to say, is it kind of run worldwide and is it people that can access it from everywhere? And, and in regards to those uh, sessions that you're running for, you know, for Southport as well, is that available? You know, say somebody from Steamage is listening and then you might have the, uh, the media team, Dan might be listening, for example, somebody like that. Would you have somebody that would come around here and be able to look after, you know, the Stevenage or somebody from London or... You know, yeah, wherever. I mean, we we obviously we're a we're a Merseyside based organisation, and, and the reason for for me reaching out on Twitch and social media, and obviously as you said earlier, we I reached out to SI Games, and, and now we're going to be in the uh, FM Twenty One game on the ad boards. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they're going to show our logo on advertisers, and absolutely, you know, if if Stephen want us to come in, we're, we're also uh, qualified 
mental health first aid trainers, as are we qualified mental health nurses. So, you know, if there are any smaller clubs out there that, you know, want some support from us, we can offer taster sessions and we can come in and, and offer bespoke sessions as well. You know, it's it's something that we really want to do and we really want to help as many people as we can. Um, you know, it's it's something we're all passionate about and we have been for a long time. Yeah, I fully respect that and thanks to Lee for mentioning all of that about evolving mindset. And of course, you do. Uh, sorry, mate. You do streams as well. Um, not you know, not just Twitch streams for you know football manager as well to kind of lift people's spirits. But you do a mental health stream uh, fortnightly as well on a Wednesday. So you did one this evening, and you've yeah. seen one in two weeks' time. So and it kind of dove, uh, you know covers over a different uh, section of mental health every time you go on. Yeah. 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 So um, obviously, this evening we 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 I kind of. Um, focused more around the current COVID situation and, and, and trying to manage anxiety. Uh, but yeah. you're right. Um, you know, we, we, what I'm trying to do is every fortnight just bring something different to the Twitch channel and try and reach out to people within within that that online um, online world, really, and, and just give them another platform to be able to come and get support, even if it's just sitting there and watching. If we can help someone in, a, in, in one stream, then that's my job done. Um, so, you know, we've been doing stuff around low self-esteem, stress and anxiety management, mental health awareness as a whole. Uh, we'll be looking at positive habits and, and yeah. physical health coming up soon. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're adapting and, and, and changing these sessions based on feedback and the needs, really, of, of the people out there and what's going on in the world. You know, we're, we're trying to adapt the best way we can and try and offer the right support where it's needed. That's fantastic, the work that you're doing as well. I know I've known you for probably about three, four weeks and, you know, straight away it, it was evident and, you know, Big thank you. Uh, thank you and props to Russ for, for bringing me over as well. Yeah, uh, because he's brought me over. I brought you know Rye and Giggsy and you know everyone's uh, just so welcoming and so friendly. So you know it's a, it's a great group, great community, and a lovely group of people as well. So you know that you're made to feel welcome straight away. Thank you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and I'm sorry if just you know picking up on on Zara's comment there in in the chat. You know. It, the, the thing about mental health is that it doesn't discriminate. It really doesn't. You know, you could be a high-flying businessman, you know, a multimillionaire or, you know, just an average job postman, you know, with a normal job. It doesn't discriminate. Mental health does not discriminate against anyone. You know, so it really is important that if you are suffering, please, please reach out and speak to us or any local organisation and just remember that it is okay not to be okay. And the, the first step is just accepting that you need that support because it is out there. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, so, Sarah. So thank you very much for everything you said there, Lee. Totally second that. And I'm so happy to have been involved in your Twitch streams the last few nights. And yeah, I, and I, you know, I, I was just saying, that, sorry, mate, I was just going to say, actually, um, you know, we've had the late debate as well, the, the, you know, something very similar to this, actually, that goes across on the Sunday that we spoke about earlier, the mental health streams, the football manager streams, everything's a lot of fun. You know, it's all, all you know, upbeat and happy. We have a, a laugh, we have some music, you know, uh, the classic song as well that we were playing just before, to get us in the mood that we, we stuck on uh, just before coming live as well, gets everybody pumped and, you know, uh, Every time you get a new subscriber and, and things like that, you put that sing, uh, song on and just gets everyone feeling good. And, you know, me and you are going to be uh, linking up. You know, I'll touch on what we said Sunday in the near future. Uh, 
and, and doing our own sort of mental health stream and yeah absolutely yeah and we're gonna wrap up this hour and a half long podcast that we've done um thanks to mike sean and lee for taking your wednesday out uh we're gonna give lee a big mention as well you can follow evil evolving mindset on all social media so lee you can give your shout out there yeah um we're on uh, instagram uh, evolving mindset 2019 uh, we're also on uh, facebook um at evolving mindset uh, we're also on instagram it's ev mindset on on instagram and obviously we're on we're on twitter um you know and, and like i said you know you can you can catch us on any sort of social media platform we're out there now we're, we're, we're reaching more more people we're getting more followers you know so we are you know, getting bigger and better. And, and like I said, we, we just want to reach out and, and help um, as much as we possibly can, uh, as many people as we can. And we've also got a website uh, which you can go to, which is www.evolvermindset.co.uk. And then all of our information's on there. And you can meet the other directors and, and other members of the team that do a lot of really tough work in the background, you know, research and some media stuff, uh, you know, some of the admin tasks that we need to do. So, you know, it's a, a really amazing collective group uh, and I'm, I'm so proud to to be a part of it and not only be the director but obviously you know be one one of the the people who are heavily involved in in promoting it and and as harney said it's heavily involved in my streams i advertise it everywhere on the debate in my fm streams and obviously a stream um you can come and find me at uh, limo 57 on switch um and like i said i, I do stream on a regular basis so uh, but thank you for the opportunity on, on coming on here tonight. I've I've really enjoyed it and it's been great. Um, you know, being you a part streaming, of this podcast. Are you streaming after? Are you going to be streaming a bit tonight? A bit of FM or something? Are you yeah, you yeah, I'll be on about eleven-ish. Yeah, so, definitely. So anyone that's watching this, you can head over to twitch.tv forward slash limo fifty-seven. Very, he'll in, integrate with you all the time. Uh, he has a laugh and a joke with you. You can, you can do anything, and he'll, within reason, and he'll make you smile. Um, yeah, the Discord as well is a big, you know, place to be. Uh, really good place there. It's got loads of different aspects to that. Whether that be, you know, the promoting yourself or, you know, registering to go on to the the late debate, or you know, there's there's loads of different. Um, aspects to that just a general chat as well and you know positive uh, positivity chat like where you can kind of just put in your your positivity sorry positivity kind of uh you know everything like that um messages and, and everything like that for other for other people little support messages and that so it's a great kind of place to be the discord server um, yeah it's a great community isn't it you know yourself yeah. included there's a lot of positivity in there and you know that that wraparound support that i've got in my discord is fantastic mm-hmm um, and then we've got, uh, yeah, just, just loads, uh, you know, great places to be, the Twitch and everywhere. So even, you know, Nicole, uh, you and you and Nicole might have to have a chat separately because she's uh, wants to go maybe into the same route. Uh, so you and Nicole could, could have a little chat and she can, uh, you know, get some tips off you on that, yeah? Yeah, pass me details on um, to Harney and she's more than welcome. I'll say I'll support anyone as much as I can. Uh, well, now we'll say 
thank you to Mike, and we can find his channels, and he's going to shout them out now. Yeah, so we've got the SFC interviews, which is where I do the interviews of the former Steamridge FC players. Uh, so I've done 44 so far. Um, not too sure when my next one will be. And we've got the Worldwide Gunner Elite, which is the podcast as well, the Arsenal podcast that we do, which I still need to do an update of probably the last six or seven games of that one. Um, and then all my personal stuff, my social media as well. Uh, so, yeah, Stephen is, uh, Stephen is Gunner on Twitter. Um, and then we've got, you know, Facebook as well. Uh, you, you, you know, find me on Facebook, Mike Harneman, and Instagram is Harney Storm FM as well. And Storm FM is the station that I run, the radio station, which has been run for a decade now for the last 10 years, yeah. Yeah, so thank you very much to Mike there for voicing that out. And Cheers, thank man. you very much to Sean for showing his commitment to the podcast. Um, we'll see you all very in soon. Yeah, in a month's time. So uh, enjoy the football in fix as well, everybody. And uh, if you want to come and you know join in with some more football on a Sunday as well, you can uh, obviously find Limo's late debate on Twitch as well. Be more... Uh, Football uh, across the weekend, you know, Premier League action, and even uh, JMO talks a bit about the lower leagues as well. So, yeah, <clears throat> League One, League Two, yeah. And also, if you do want to come join us, just drop me, Mike, Limo, a message, or even Nicole a message as well, um, asking about details about how do I come on to the stream or whatever. We will show you how. I mean, this is the first time Lee's used this um, streaming software tonight. Yeah, um, hopefully uh, we'll have you on again soon as well. It would be uh, be good to get you on. You know, maybe yeah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 no so, problem at all. Thank you. So, thank you very much to Mike, Sean, and Lee for joining me tonight. Cheers, right? We'll Thanks. See, we'll Cheers, see you right. all in thank about you. a month's time where we talk about the whole of November and the last bit of October that's set to go. Cheers and good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. See you now.